Hello! Welcome to the podcast from ThatGuitarLover.com. My name's Ross. I'll be your host for these episodes. Enjoy! Hey gang, nice to be with you again. I wonder if any of you are like me. Do you like visiting a real brick-and-mortar guitar shop? Do you like just walking around and seeing what interests you? Do you from time to time say, Hey, I'd like to try out that guitar, bass, and poor pedal? If your answer is no, then this episode may not be for you. Ah, you're still here. So your answer was yes, or at worst, maybe? The conundrum that comes from wanting to try stuff out happens no matter what kind of gear you're trying out. The reason's simple. We all fundamentally understand it, but we sometimes ignore it to our detriment. Let's say that you're trying out a guitar. If an acoustic guitar, you have a pretty good chance of informing yourself in fairly short order if the guitar is something that meshes with you. However, unless you're playing an identical instrument to one that you already own, we do expect it to sound different to what we think we remember. Because remember, auditory memory is actually quite horrible, but it is what it is. The question now is whether or not you are hearing the best that the instrument is capable of, your own ability being something that will be consistent between your play at home and in the shop. You really want to nail this down to does the guitar deliver? Now, sadly, guitar shops these days run on fairly low margins, and business changes in the industry have altered payment terms for the buyers of the shops, and these days you are more than likely trying a guitar that the shop has had to pay for upfront, and every day it's in stock is a day when the shop is down the purchase value of that guitar. That's the shop's business, and in theory, it's not your problem. But in reality, it impacts you. With low margin and short to no terms, many shops simply can't afford to do a full QA inspection on receipt of an instrument. They get the instrument, they unbox it, they track the serial numbers and accessories so they can match them up when the instrument is sold, and they put it on the wall unless it's very obviously not right. Most shops will tune a guitar before it goes out, but not all do. That's why you should take your own tuner when you go to evaluate guitars. Very few shops these days inspect the strings or do a setup before the guitar goes on the wall. Dead or crap strings hurt the guitar's performance, and there's a gamble that the buyer won't notice. Shop's not trying to cheat you. They just don't have the resources to change the strings on all the guitars that go on the wall. We have to accept that with a few exceptions, the strings that come on a guitar are the lowest cost, lowest quality around. There are exceptions, of course, and you'll know it, because the maker will make a big deal about how they use top-line strings. Think of Taylor as an example. They make a big deal of saying that they use elixirs on their guitars. That's a high-quality string. Most guitars go out onto the wall with the setup as it came from the factory. I confess, I've never found a PRS or a Taylor on the wall that had a bad setup. Sadly, I've found many Fenders and Gibsons where the setup is adequate, but not optimal. And I'm not referring solely to the height of the action. Wood moves as temperatures change and humidities change. And particularly for instruments built in the Far East, transit times can be very long. 
it's pretty challenging for a shop to put $50 in cost into a setup when the guitar only retails for $500. Perhaps we should expect better setups for more expensive guitars, but experience has taught me that doing so can be optimistic. Thus, if we conclude that the strings in action are acceptable on the acoustic that we are trying out, we have a pretty good chance of a successful audition evaluation. Now, ask if you only play acoustically. If you plug your acoustic in, the one you own, and you want a reasonable test, you need to be able to plug in the one that you're testing, and for a fair test, you need to be able to plug it into the same amplifier or preamp pedal that you already have. The shop may not carry the line that you use at all, or may be difficult to find all the pieces together. Most guitar shop sales folks who are not commissioned will do whatever they can to help, but in shops where part of the wage is sales commission, you're going to find less willingness to spend time on a playtest that doesn't smell like a quicker sale. You can't blame the staff for this. Many shops have demo suites, or at least a selection of different amplifiers available for test, and some will even allow you to combine that with a pedal, but not all. You can see how this inability to match the other variables in the total signal chain could lead one to make a purchase that sounded okay in the store, but is disappointing when the instrument gets home. Better guitar shops offer a limited return facility where you can buy something and bring it back if it doesn't work out for you. The caveat being that the instrument must be saleable as brand new. Consequently, it's also a bit ridiculous as a buyer to demand that the guitar you take home is still in the original sealed packaging when you have the reasonable expectation of being able to actually try one out in the shop. Electric guitars have the same challenges as acoustic guitars, particularly when an amplifier is involved. It's often hard in a store to set the amp to your regular playback volume, particularly if your normal use is playing a gig or in a studio. Maybe you have the facility to run that Mesa rectifier at full chat when you play in your venue, but you likely won't be allowed to do that in a guitar shop if they even have a Mesa rectifier available for you to plug into. The more boutique your amp, the lower the probability that there will be any amp from your preferred maker for you to plug into. If your preferred amp is a two-rock, magnetone, tone king, or matchless, those amps are typically pre-sold before they even arrive in the store, and there are almost never any playable versions in the shop. Again, it's going to be tough to complete a fair evaluation in-store if you cannot duplicate in-store your actual total signal chain. The same guitar under different amplifiers is going to sound very different. A Blackface Fender reissue sounds a lot different from a Vox. Marshall valve heads or combos each have their own sound, and there are so many variants you're playing a game of close but not fully on target. If your amp at home is tube and the store only has solid state or DSP amps, you might get close, but the feel is going to be very different. Pedals make it even tougher as we tend to audition pedals in situ with whatever is available. Just as a guitar will sound different into different amplifiers, a pedal has even more variants depending on the amplifier. There are also pedals with enormous inconsistency in the pedal itself. 
even between the same make and model. If you've ever tried three different versions of the same fuzz face, you know what I'm talking about. I know of a fellow with a fuzz face that sounds awesome with a Strat. His guitar has vintage 64 pickups, and he plugs into a two-rock. It sounds terrific. Yet every single fuzz face I've tried through every Strat that I own, and knowing they all sound different and clean, into a Twin Reverb or AC30 or Victory or Tone King, every one of those fuzz faces sounded like dumb. Not every pedal, even from the same brand, same model, sounds alike. To know how a pedal is going to work for you, you need to use it in your own rig with the total signal chain set up for the way that you play. I did a little experiment myself with a gain pedal, specifically the Brown Amplification Protein. I like this pedal a great deal. One side's effectively an ODR1, and the other is a blues breaker. Using different guitars through the pedal into the same amp, and I get different re results. That's not a surprise. Use the same guitar into different amps with that pedal, I'll get different results, even with both amps set up for clean tones and as close as I could get them from a tone and volume perspective before the pedals engage. We know that different amps sound different. That's why we gas sufferers have so many amps. We may have different guitars. In every case, the same pedal in a changing total signal chain is going to produce very different results. You might like them all, even if they're all different, but you might love the sound in the guitar shop and get home and no matter what you do, you cannot get a sound that you like. If you purchase smartly, you pack up the pedal and take it back to the guitar shop and you tell them the truth. You don't make up some BS reason. A store with a customer-friendly return policy will understand, I don't like the sound. And so long as that pedal is saleable as new, they'll take it back and give you a refund. Some shops are cautious about returns because they have the very legitimate fear of being used for free rentals. Now, you probably don't do that. I don't do that. But there are people who do. I've seen up close and personal a very obnoxious fellow try to return an amp and a few pedals outside the vendor's authorized return period, claiming that they're all defective. It was pretty clear to the store manager and to me, just standing aside, that the stuff had been out on the road for gigs. Be polite, make your home check quickly, and keep things pristine. Don't peel off protective films or stickers or labels or scratch up the screw heads, or put little markings where you like the settings. Yes, that had happened on the pedals I was talking about. If you do, and then you try to return things, expect to be denied. So before you make a big investment, have an honest conversation with your guitar shop and confirm that if you're not happy, that you can bring the item back in saleable as new condition for a full refund and make an effort to return the product quickly if things aren't working out. Don't keep it around for two or three weeks hoping things are going to get better. It can be really tough doing that via an online store. And when you buy through online, you're always going to be on the hook for return shipping if you don't like it. 
That's why so many of these stores have to deal with the, oh, it's defective reason when in fact the product isn't. To make it simpler, if you can, support your local guitar shop. And if they're not able to provide a reasonable return period for the reason that you don't like the product, you may have to consider finding an alternate shop. I've been really fortunate, and I've found that when you're straight up and honest with your store, they're going to treat you with respect. Thanks for listening, and until next time, peace.